Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning, good morning to you all. I am your host, Teresa E. Keeves, and welcome to my show, Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. As you probably know, my show did not broadcast last week as it was Thanksgiving, and I know your Thanksgiving was great. I had a fabulous time with my family. My immediate family is small, although I come from a very large family. I am sure you can relate to what I am saying. This year, Thanksgiving was at my house, as I shared with you in my previous broadcast. We toggle between my oldest sons and uh, his wife home and my husband and my home for the holidays throughout the year and other events, too. So it works out perfectly for me, particularly since we do not live too far from one another. We had lots of food, beautiful music, and Christmas music that was playing in the background. Listen, as a side note, I started my first, I started the first week in November playing Christmas music. And I'm going to tell you why. You see, the reason for this is, is because for me, this season goes by so quickly. And I want to savor the moment as much as possible. And listening to Christmas music is one of those savoring moments for me. You see, in my immediate family, we grew up, you know, as my mom was cooking and doing her thing around the house. Um, my parents were from the, what I call the big band era. So they used to uh, play the Nat King Cole and the Bing, Bing Cot, Crosby and Perry Como, you know, and all the other big band sounds in the house. You know, my famous, uh, my parents' favorites, you know, and it's just lots of great memories for me. Anyway, you know, I subscribe to Pandora like I'm sure many of you do. And for all of us who are familiar with Pandora and have subscriptions, they have a good mix of all types of genres in music, which includes great Christmas music. I guess I'm giving them a plug, huh? And um, I, I just like to stay, you know, stay, you know, with, with music playing in the house. I love that versus listening to uh, the televisions. Like I like listening to Michael Buble, Carrie Underwood. She has a great station going on. Natalie Cole, she sings with her dad and Diana Ross, Harry Connick Jr. You know, you get my drift. Anyway, playing music in the background for me, you know, with these gatherings is great. And what I notice is that it increases the conversations around. It's relaxing, even when, the you know, I have our grandkids running around and it's enjoyable while we are eating the food food that's all delicious and warm and we're laughing and talking and conversing just happy to be around each other i am sure many of you out there can share that with me that not only thanksgiving is a time to relax and be with your family your friends your loved ones um in this entire season this entire season is magical for me this is a time to think about people who you have not called all year, for example, because our lives are so busy. Everyone is so busy. We wear so many hats. And so this is an opportune time to give a call and wish a happy, wish them a happy holiday to let them know that you care regardless of the busyness in your life. I am sure a lot of you out there will mail out cards, 
attend some parties, mail out presents, and then pick up the phone like I do. Although I just spoke about busyness, this time of the year is busy as well and can be stressful. So just take your time, breathe and relax. You deserve it after working and stressing all year, right? Okay. I want to remind you that should you have any questions or comments about this show or shows in the past, as I told you uh, before, that my shows are all archived here on TalkZone.com. So if there's anything that you would like to comment about uh, this show or shows in the past, like I just said, I invite you to give me a call at one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight or you can email me at Teresa at mediation talk show dot expert or if you are a member of LinkedIn you can contact me there as well. Just plug in my name, Teresa Keeves. Okay. Like the overwhelming majority of you out there, I listen to news via the radio and television. And I will admit that there are days that I choose not to listen. And I bet some of you shared that with me because for me, sometimes it's just, it gets to be just too much. The news being reported in today's market, I get it. It's actual. However, After I have taken in story after story of disheartening actions, it can be taxing. I have I have a question for you guys out there. How do you deal with listening to the disheartening stories after uh, that's that's being reported and you've listened to them over and over again and then carry on with your everyday lives? I I would love to hear that. Give me a call. One eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And do you discuss it? Afterwards, so do you do like my husband and I do? We're sitting there in our in our chairs, you know, listening to the news. And um, after certain reports have been reported, we pause the television and we have our own discussion. And then we take it off pause and continue to listen uh, and offer our op- opinions as we go along. Although I admit it, I choose not to listen to the negative chatter. However, I know it's important to listen to news. Because I like to be kept abreast of what's going on, not only locally or nationally, but globally as well. Unfortunately, the bulk of what's being reported constantly on our news radio and media is all about the violence, terrorism, acts of hatred that we as human beings do to one another. Not just some of the time, but Very, very frequently these things are being reported. And as I mentioned earlier, this is all around the world. Human beings are all doing deplorable acts just on varying scales. Okay, for example, here are some of the big news items that are being reported. After several decades have gone past, Bill Cosby, who is beloved by many, I mean, he, I just adored, just admired Bill Cosby for his work. He is being accused of lewd acts with women and one woman who is now in her 50s, as it was being reported um, a couple of days ago, that this woman states that Bill violated her. And this happened to her when she was 15 years old. 
She was a minor allegedly at this time. And this is all alleged. Nothing has been proven. The constant uncertainties in the Middle East, that's another thing, heightened by fighting, fighting, fighting. I mean, for all of us out there who are historians, we know that this has been going on for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Groups of people who want to take over other groups of people is essentially the basis of this fighting going on over there. Then we have the outbreak of Ebola. That has taken so many lives, but the light in this situation is that healing of some of those affected with the virus disease has taken. Here's something else in fighting with our country's representative. Okay. Just the infighting constantly with Congress and the president, not to mention constant stalemate going on about important issues that are not being addressed for their constituents because they're spending way too much time on the negative sense instead of remembering what they were voted in for. And husbands and wives and girlfriends and boyfriends and partners are shooting their mates and turning the guns on themselves. Domestic violence in our sports arena right here. In our country, sanctioning of foot, football players, basketball players, as, as they are being accused and found, and some are found guilty for domestic violence. Cyber attacks, huge in this country. Bullying from grammar schools to our workplaces via the cyber, via the social media, and most recently involving Sony Pictures, and it's been uh, reported that, and it's not any uh, truth to it or anything, that is because that Sony is coming out with a picture um, about Korea and, and that they're not happy with what they're saying. And how tragic and how fortunate, unfortunate is this, ladies and gentlemen, to be happening in a world that has so much to be grateful for, a world that is so beautiful was so much potential in the positive sense in a world that was created by love. Okay. Now let's go forward. But let me say this first. If you have any questions, any comments that you would like to ask of me or my guests that I'm about to bring on, please give me a call at 1-888-463-6748. That's 1-888-463-6748. Or you can email me at Teresa at mediation talk show dot expert. Okay. Today's topic for this show is mediating differences in a world filled with turmoil. Okay. And my guest is Sandy Roberts. Now let me give you a brief bio of this lady. All right. I'm going to start off by saying she is a phenomenal woman. Somewhat soft-spoken, but she carries a lot of confidence, knowledge, experience, and education. And I love that. I met Sandy years ago at a meeting for the Arizona Association for Conflict Resolution, and she and I both share memberships. I have a lot of respect for Sandy. I want to share with you that as I was cutting my teeth, so to speak, 
in the field of professional mediation years ago. She was gracious enough to allow me to interview interview her. She was my absolute first interview. All right. For the mediation that I was getting, professional mediation as I was getting into it. And as she and I shared um, a, a, a big laugh yesterday that, you know, she says I she has a, a special place in her heart for me as I I asked her about 200 questions um, in this interview. But I needed to uh, it wasn't 200, ladies and gentlemen, it was a lot, but not 200. But, um, you know, the the um, my instructor said that they wanted a well um, constructed interview. So I went out there and I did my best. Sandy is an adjunct faculty at the psychology department at Phoenix College. She is a board member of the Arizona Association for Conflict Resolution, where she helps schools implement peer helper and mediation programs. Sandy Roberts has been in the crisis and behavioral health field for over 25 years. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology and is certified by the State of California Department of Mental Health as a trainer of trainers in crisis intervention and suicide prevention. Sandy has a unique sense of humor and uses unconventional approaches to achieving amazing results. She helps clients understand how they and others show up in their personal and professional behavior and communication. She also works with those in ultra high stress and highly visible professional positions and careers. This includes military, police, fire, government, corporation, corp, I'm sorry, corporations and sports. See, I told you she's a phenomenal woman. Welcome, Sandy, to my show. Hello, Teresa. How are you? I'm doing just great. How are you? I'm excellent. I am so delighted to be here this morning. Sounds like you have you have a setup for a really great talk. Oh yes. Oh yeah. This is going to be a very great talk. And um, as I said before, I invite our our listening audience to to clue in. We would we would love that. Okay. Let's get right into it. All right. Okay. All right. As you know, the topic of the discussion this week is mediating differences in a world filled with turmoil. My first question to you is that I announced that you are an adjunct faculty in the psychology department at Phoenix uh, College. What class or classes do you teach there, Sandy? I teach um, introduction to psychology and I teach cultural psychology. Okay, how long have you been doing that? Uh, four years. Oh, wow. So you really, really enjoy this, huh? I absolutely love it. Um, I teach on Tuesday night and Thursday night. And mm-hmm. I've been, you know what? I, I love the school. I love this. I love the students. I love the subjects. And I have uh, enough flexibility to be able to to really go for what I feel is important uh, mm-hmm. through my experiences. And so we do some pretty creative, um, kind of creative research and creative programs and creative approaches. And, and we talk about conflict. We talk about um, suicide prevention. We talk about uh, 
you know, anger management. We talk about all the different things. And we, we, they're, they're my, um, my, my practice people for a lot of the programs. We went through the outlines for the youth conference for the, um, peer helper programs and peer mediation programs in the schools, uh, the week before so that we could see, you know, how does that work? How does that feel? What can we learn? So it, it's, it's awesome. Awesome. I love it. Fantastic. Okay, Sandy, we're going to have to take a break right now, but I'm telling you, studio um, audience, uh, listeners, do not, do not go away. Come right back. This is going to be awesome. Thank you. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported, and NBC News reported that the bullying statistics for seniors in the year 2013 is on the rise in America. And the statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. And if you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to find resolve for your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call, professional mediator Teresa E. Keeves at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to my program. Um, we are having a discussion. Uh, the topic for this week is mediating differences in a world filled with tor- turmoil. And um, Sandy Roberts is my guest. And I'm very happy to have her here. And she was just talking about um, the the things that she does, that she teaches as an adjunct uh, faculty member uh, for the psychology department at Phoenix College. Now, Sandy, you know, um, you can relate to this. We do a lot of research in our uh, professionalism. And uh, in my research recently, I was reading an article by Silvana D. Rosso. Uh, she's the head of the family law practice at PC and McLaughlin in Pennsylvania. The title of the article that she wrote is called Using Mediation to Point Your to Keep Your Coolness During Divorce and Beyond. Okay. Now there are many important points made in this article. For example, she says while div- most divorcing parents try to make their split an amicable one. Wading through the issues of parenting time, custody arrangements, and child support can lead to turmoil for even the most well-intentioned of parents. The stress of the situation can continue even after the divorce is over. So, Sandy, when your clients come to you in a situation such as divorce, what are some of the things you apply within your practice to deal with turmoil? Uh, um, That's a good question. I, I like to find out... Um, yeah, okay, we, we need to know how people are wired, how they kind of show up, what their behavior patterns are, and looking at at the children, looking at the ages, looking at those needs. I had a wonderful set of parents who were divorcing who 
who really genuinely wanted to put their fighting part aside in order to make it easier for the children. Unfortunately, that's, you know, probably one out of 50 divorces are trying to make it um, amicable. Uh, and the court system doesn't help, uh, as we know from other situations that are going on. Sometimes the court system has mm-hmm. a, a, a real a complete blind eye to the needs of the children. Uh, they don't see the children as being as important. They see the parents and the divorce and, you know, and splitting the time and making everything equal and sometimes equal doesn't really work. Uh, mm-hmm. If parents genuinely want to make it best for the child, they're going to talk to the child and engage the child. Uh, one of the things that I always try to have happen is when there's decisions being made and as, as you know, early as the child can be participatory is to have them in parts of the discussion so that they can voice what they want as far as what they think are fair rules and everything else and not get pitted into the, you know, mom against dad. Uh, Mm -hmm. Often the conflict that happens is, you know, I'm going to win more time or I'm going to win this or you're going to pay for that. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, and they forget about what the child actually needs or what the child wants. So Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. include as many people as possible in the process is, is pretty important. Yeah, it is. And you're, you're absolutely correct. And, and as you and I know, this is why we love the process of mediation. And, um, because of, of all of the, the things that can be accomplished in the mediation process. Okay. Next question, Sandy. In your mediation practice, you use personality makeup, personality styles, and you distribute written, you have, you, you write an article or articles that are distributed, um, on the web. The Sandy Roberts. And you talk mm-hmm. about this. In part, you state that how people communicate within their personality styles has been a foundational tool for all variations of my work. Can you explain to me and our listeners how you integrate this into your work? Um, I, I personally use a program that's called Personality Lingo. So it's like personalitylingo.com. And mm-hmm. The, the personality styles are kind of broken into uh, planners, somebody who's like really responsible, connectors, like people-to-people people, um, thinkers, like people who like to ask questions, and movers, like a mover and shaker, more playful and spontaneous. Uh-huh. And while there's, a, there's positive, very positive sides to all of these, there's also challenges to the different behaviors. And those come up and help us understand how someone's wired. When I do, you know, <laughs> almost anything, like the first night of class, um, we go through the styles, we figure out who everybody is, they figure out what their strengths are, what their challenges are, and it gives, and, and then their first assignment for my students is they have to go and give the quiz to at least five other people and analyze the results and let me know how that, you know, what they learned from it. How that, and, uh-huh. Yeah, and what they come back and they go, oh, my gosh, you know, I thought this person was going to be a connector, and they were. And I thought this person was going to be a planner, and they weren't. And But as we talked more, I got to see, you know, how that mixes. And, and we're made up of all of these styles. 
And mm-hmm. so, honestly, when I start a mediation or when I start <clears throat> literally with a new client, if, even if it's just straight consulting, and I don't care what kind of client it is, I don't care what they do, the first thing that I want to know is I want to know what their style is, what their communication style is, what's going to set them off, um, how they're going to hear the same information. Because I may present information, but they're going to receive it differently. My, my mouth is going to present information from my communication style, and their mm-hmm. ears are going to receive the communication from their communication style. And mm-hmm. so that's my foundational piece. And for me, it's everything as far as, you know, as the structure and the framework for where we're going to go. And it's wonderful. I'm, you know, I actually had a student um, a year or two ago who came in right before the holiday break and told us that he had brought this process to his workplace and uh-huh. it had been so successful that he got a bonus that he got to go away. That The bonus was so big that he um, traveled to the East Coast. He wanted to spend his, um, <laughs> in, the, in New York on Times Square. And oh, wow. I know. It was like amazing. It's like, wow. That's cool. really good. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, I want that. Um, but it's, so for me to know how a person might react and to be able to um, normalize the different reactions and create this understanding, it doesn't matter whether they're fighting over, you know, who's going to let the dog out or who's going to take the kids or what the kids are doing. Um, oh, you know, and I just had a visual picture come to my mind. Um, I, I did a program about this for at a middle school. It was uh-huh. um, there were 150 middle school girls and their mothers or mother mothering units, as I call them. And we had this. We had it broken into groups of 30 in each like classroom. And we did this process in all the classrooms. Like I, I trained the other people beforehand. And it was kind of amazing because when we visually sorted everyone according to their strength of their style, it was uh-huh. amazing because I actually had um, two different sets of twins. And the mother and one of the twins had the same style and the other twin had a completely different style. And they're standing there looking at each other across the room and going, Oh, my word, I get it now. You know, you're not doing this to me on purpose. This Uh is how you're wired. And those are the most critical words. You're not doing this to me on purpose. This is just how you're wired. How you're wired. Exactly. mm -hmm. Exactly. Because this is is even with with men and women, you know, um, as we're mediating, it's very important to know that men are not going to think the same way as women and vice versa. But I totally agree with, agree with you on that communication styles, particularly with, um, you know, our nation. We have so many cultures and things. And I talked about that on a, a previous show about cultures. But the communication styles, even if you are of the same culture, just like you're saying, it's, it's different. And it's very important to know how to work with that, you know, so that you can bring some awareness to them. And once they acquire awareness that, oh, this is my communication style. And just like you were saying that the mothers, uh, realize that, oh, you're not trying to be, be sassy or anything. This is just how you are, you know, and then mm-hmm. they can better, they can better, uh, work with it, the individuals. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It, it completely changed my relationship with one of my daughters. 
uh, mm-hmm. just understanding that, you know, she wasn't being, you know, how I was perceiving her because I was perceiving her, I was being sensitive, and she wasn't. And I was perceiving that as personal, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. literally just how she was wired. I, you know, I wonder she... if we could get, if we, if we could find out the personality styles of all these people who are fighting, <laughs> and we can get them to look yeah. at that this isn't being done to me. This is how the person is wired, and this is how it shows up. Yeah, we don't always. <laughs> Sorry, we have morning, we have morning allergies. I'm, I'm, I'm babysitting my brother's cat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, excuse me. <laughs> but, That's okay. Uh, the cat allergies will have kicked in yet. Um, but if we look at how we are in our bad behavior, when we're pushed over the edge, when we're, you know, ready to pound the wall or whatever we do, or we need to go you know, walk off some steam or stuff. Uh, if we understood even ourselves how that shows up and how we show up mm-hmm. and how we react, I think mm-hmm. it would be easier. And, you know, I mean, I, I've resolved a lot of conflicts uh, just with a piece of paper in front of me that talks about the different styles under stress and how that yes. can come out. And, and yeah, and how they handle it. Okay, Sandy, we're going to take a break right now, but we will be coming right back with more great conversations. Stay tuned. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for coming back. We are here with my guest, Sandy Roberts, and we're discussing um, the varying um, uh, items that are are involved in mediating differences in a world filled with turmoil. Now, Sandy, there is so, so much turmoil going in going on in our world today. All right. And in the midst of all of this disorder, we are losing some of our most revered talent, such as Robin Williams who was found hanging by his belt in his home in San Francisco, obviously self-inflicted. Now, this was a person who seemingly had it all. He had fame, money, great notoriety, a box office draw as a movie star. I just loved him in in Mrs. Doubtfire and well-respected in his industry. However, this year he took his life, a very tragic ending. Now, Working with highly visible professionals and having a master's degree in clinical psychology, what is your take on this? Yeah. Um, the Robin Williams situation is so tragic. And, and as you know, yes. I spend a, a significant amount of time trying to prevent suicide. Um, mm-hmm. And there, several factors happen here. One, someone who seemingly has it made, there's so many different levels of that. Money, money is wonderful, and I, you know, I think I've asked Anson to bring a money tree so that we can cure all the bad things in the country, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, money is not really the answer. Um, uh-huh. Fame is wonderful, but the minute that they that football players, stars, you know, sports, movie stars, and that. The minute they finish one thing, they're worried they're not going to be able to do it again. And they have, mm-hmm. they're so insecure about the continuation of their success. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, something else that happened with Robin Williams that we honestly just can't ignore 
um, is that he did have an issue with alcohol and substance. Yes, he yes he and, did. Yes, he did. And he you know he he tried really hard to kick that. He went into rehab several times. Uh, mm-hmm. And going into rehab, if you have an alcohol or substance problem, it's it's ugly. It is really really ugly. Um, you know, I've I've watched clients go through this, and it is seriously ugly. And to even know that you're going to go in and subject yourself to that again is is very painful. And we think they have it made. I mean, you know, we think that they're the star, but the fact is, it's a real slippery slope. Um, mm-hmm. You know. It, Athletes can get injured and their career's over. <clears throat> that mm-hmm. nice big paycheck that they got for the time that they did it, uh, you know, now has to support, you know, whatever the last check was, now has to support them for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie stars, they make a great movie. Uh, they're this week's excitement. And, you know, unless they make a comeback or have just an extraordinary fan base, um, you know, they're they're kind of voted off, just like the I Love Dancing with the Stars. But, you know, yeah. they're voted off. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and it, it becomes how big is your fan base. And my, my fan base is bigger than your fan base. base and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There, and, yeah, there's a lot of stress related. And, and, and speaking about, uh, Robin Williams, not to interrupt you, but speaking about Robin Williams, because, uh, right before, you know, his tragic, um, um, you know, uh, passing, he hadn't, it hadn't been that long since he came out of, uh, rehab alcohol, wasn't it? Or? Right. Yeah. It, it was just a couple months. Yeah. It was and just that, a couple it, of months. It, it, yeah. It was, it was a very short time. And, um, you know, there's, there's that desire to go back to, I mean, al- alcohol and substance is just numbing. It's just, it's trying to get away. Uh, yeah, even when I talk to my students, we talk about the fact that, you know, oh yeah, that nice first dip feels so good and toasty and your body relaxes and everything. But then you keep mm-hmm. trying to reach that again and that's not possible. You can't, you, you can't get that again when you continue to use. When and you continue to get it, yeah. Because yeah. is this, is this because, now you're the professional, so I'm just asking. So is this because, as you were saying, you get a numbing effect? So you, you know, once you have that first, uh, you know, uh, ingest of that, your body does what you, what you just described, that it relaxes and, you know, like, you know, euphoria or something. And then you do it again and again and it doesn't, it's not doing that. So individuals continue to do it because they're trying to obtain that same feeling that they initially got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're trying to obtain that very elusive relaxation feeling. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't come because you're, you've built up a tolerance to it. You know, plus your, well, I mean, your decision making is impaired. You, you know, you're, you're in danger for doing, uh, life ending things. I mean, not only life ending to you, but life ending to other people. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, driving drunk or impaired or, um, yeah, I mean, the decision making just completely goes out the window. And it's most of the time, it's not just, you know, a, a it's not a, you know, quote unquote social drink to, you know, for whatever, uh, you know, part of the party or part of relaxation or that. It just becomes something that they're seeking out to avoid feeling the bad feelings. And mm-hmm. actually what they're doing, I mean, alcohol, if, if you went to the store and said, I would like to have the number one depressant available on the market, they would have uh-huh. to send you a bottle of alcohol. Of alcohol. Alcohol mm-hmm. is, it literally is 
the most effective depressant that's available on the market at all, whether mm-hmm. whether by prescription or not. It's a very effective depressant, and it's it's a dangerous one. And yeah. we don't, you know, we don't moderate it well because we're not sure, and we're you know we're trying to say, okay, I'm just going to go. You know, I can make it till five o'clock, and then I'll meet my buddies at the bar, and we'll have a drink, and I'll feel better. And, and then I'll go on about my business. Yeah. yeah. And then also, uh-huh. also, Sandy, you know, now they're making it very palatable, so to speak, from a marketing point of view um, for people oh. to, you know, to to take alcohol. You know, they got the skinny girls. They got the bottle, you know, because we know all about marketing, oh, yeah. you know, the business background. They got the bottle, you know, shaped. Yeah, oh, yeah, like a like yeah, a woman's yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah. They 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 add taste to it, you know, make it taste uh-huh. better. Because for me, I'm not a drinker. It tastes really bad for me. So you yeah, know, but yeah. but for those, but but for others who you know, the, it, it's like, oh, this tastes really good, you know. And this is how they how they rear them in there. Mm-hmm. I I well, would I, think yeah. that's one of the ways. Yeah, I, I remember like ages ago, um, like really ages ago, because of my ex husband. Um, would want to go someplace and, you know, he would insist that he was going to have a drink and I was going to have a drink. And that, and mm-hmm. I really didn't want to, but, you know, it was, you know, that pressure type of stuff. Yes. And, you know, yes. When you're younger, you, you tend to, to and you, to yeah. To that. Mm-hmm. And so I was, and then he insisted, you know, our drinks had to be scotch and that. And it's like, I would, okay, so I would sip one, you know, like forever. But what I noticed is I didn't like how I feel and I didn't like how I was. Being, I mean, I it was like you know agitating me, and I didn't yes. like it. And then we would get into arguments, and, mm-hmm. and it was just you know. And here yeah. it was that that I'm being you know pushed to do this because it's the, yes. you know the social because it seems social, like it's you're, 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 yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're yeah. in that social circle and it's like okay sure I'll yeah. you know I'll take a I'll take a but it's oh god but listen i want to say to our our listening audience if you have any questions or comments for me or sandy please give us a call at 1-888-463-6748 okay trying to segue in here because we're running we're running a little bit um close to time and i want to get these questions in because it's so good bill cosby bill cosby loved beloved by many who I mentioned earlier in today's broadcast news reports of him recently. Now he's in trouble, unfortunately, from women 40 plus years ago. Okay. Now bringing up similar accusations of Lude's act. Okay. They're, they're all saying basically the same thing. This is Sandy. This is much to say the least. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. You know what? I love Bill Cosby. I mean, I I grew up on Bill Cosby, and I hear his voice, and it's just like it takes you back. Mm-hmm. To kind of a, so did I. Relaxing I know. And everything else, but I, you know what? He is in he is in a uh, a group where you have stars, and that, and whether it's a sports star or a movie star or you know whatever it is that that has them being a star, and the fact of the matter is, and this is. It's true today as it was whenever all these accusations are happening is the women flock to this. They, they, they want their yes. famous fling and that we'll, we'll call it a famous fling. And mm-hmm. they, um, you know, ha- half of our stars right now, they could, they could walk down the aisle of the movie theater, you know, the, some famous movie theater 
and some female could throw themselves and, and engage in sex with them on the red carpet, uh, you know, if they would all do it just right then and there because it, there's something about wanting to connect with this fame. And they, mm-hmm. in their mind, they're thinking, you know, this person is going to remember me, stand out, you know, and, and they'll take me home, marry me. Yeah, and, and then maybe, the and maybe some... It- <laughs> It's the same for it's the same for athletes. It's the same for anyone who has any degree of public fame, where people people send they send intimate underwear to their rooms, to the men's rooms. Um, they'll, they'll call on the phone, and the wife will answer, and they'll say they want to talk to the husband, and the wife will ask, "Who is this?" They'll say, "None of your business, who it is," and that I want to talk to him, and then they'll come on to him. They'll ask them to meet them in the bar or something. And it's really a shame. And I'm sorry to see this happening. And whether he was, you know, whether he said, you know, fine, why not? Okay, Sandy, we're going to take a break right now, but we will be coming right back with more great conversations. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Okay, we had a little bit of a glitch back uh, there, but nevertheless, we're back. And um, before we before we had the little glitch, um, we were talking about Bill Cosby and um, the unfortunate that's happening to him. Now, to save time, Sandy, I want to get us into this this uh, um, discussion for about two or three minutes. Um, okay. Let's talk about the police in this country and what's going on that has now sparked riots. For example, um, there are a couple of big ones being talked about by the media. One, the shooting incident in Ferguson, Missouri, that took a young boy's life as he had his hands up and the officer was acquitted. And then the incident in New York, where the video showed several officers on top of this man as he was shouting he wasn't doing anything and that also he couldn't breathe for obvious reasons. The officer had knees on him and a chokehold that, and, and I understand that this chokehold was outlawed a while ago. So although the autopsy said it was a homicide, the police officer in the New York incident was, has gone now unpunished. Now I understand that it is unlawful to uh, sell cigarettes separately, which this is what they alleged that the man in New York was doing. However, the person wasn't given a chance to say much or at least hear him out. Both of these men were of color, and it's unfortunate on both sides. There is no win-win for the police officers that are involved with this or the, or the, uh, the individuals who unfortunately lost their lives. Now, the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, made a statement, and he said, Today's outcome is one that many in our city did not want, but we also know that this chapter is not yet complete. The grand jury is but one part of the process that will still be an NYPD internal investigation, and we know that the U.S. attorney is continuing her investigation. Should the federal government choose to act, we stand ready to cooperate. Sandy, as you and I both know, professional mediation is being sought now for many things relating to settlements of disputes, disagreements, and conflicts. Do you think either of these cases could have benefited in the process of professional mediation versus litigation? Oh, absolutely. 
I think anything would benefit from mediation rather than litigation. Litigation is automatic against and trying to get something without real core care as to whether it's just or not. Mediation is seeking uh, a balance where everybody comes out uh, better than than they went into the situation of anger and and dispute. Um, Our whole system, I am appalled. I am absolutely positively appalled at the decisions in both situations. Um, yes, and and I say that as someone who has many many police departments that have been clients. I have I have police departments, fire departments, uh, every department that a city has. Um, you know, my first thought is I wonder what Internal Affairs is going to do. I have seen really incredibly extraordinary police departments. I've seen horrid police departments. Um, you know, I have seen that old attitude of you know I'm I'm a cop. I you know I make the rules, whatever. And it's terrible. It, it, it's, this is breaking my heart. And just, I mean, the uh, the, the Michael Brown situation in um, in Ferguson. I, I lived in the St. Louis area for a while, several years back, or a mm-hmm. lifetime ago. And mm-hmm. um, and the situation in New York, the excessive force. You know what? I honestly, genuinely believe that every single police department in order to save their officers and the public, needs to have these body cameras that they're talking about. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a life changer. It's a deal changer. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the officers go, originally go into it thinking that, you know, they're, looking, they're trying to find them at fault. That is not the case. They end up being so deeply in favor of it because it helps them it helps the public. It helps everybody keep it more honest because somebody really is seeing what's going on. Uh, you know, to me, that's something that's going to help. Um, as far as mediation, um, within trying to make this work out, I mean, where in the world do we start, Teresa? I mean, if, if I I know it's it's just it is just. It's, it's, it's just so bad. And, you know, we, we have, um, a few minutes, you know, more left. I have maybe about four, four more minutes left. But, you know, I just want to, you know, say that I, I'm just heartbroken over what's going on in this country. As I stated before, this country has the potential to be absolute fabulous and in all of what they do. And, and, and we have righted so many wrongs and things like this. And these are wrongs that's going on right now that need to be righted. It, it needs to happen. It's just, it's very, very sad. It's very, very sad. Well, Sandy, I'm going to tell you that I will have you on again because we have so much more to talk about and uh, we're running out of time. And I want to thank you so much. So much for being the guest on my show. You are the phenomenal woman that I said in the beginning. And I'm, I'm sure that all of my listeners um, can attest to that. This was a great discussion. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I truly appreciate it. And I also want you out there to know that you can contact Sandy Roberts via email at Sandy Roberts at Mac. That's M-A-C dot com or by her telephone at 480-748-5527. Thank you so much, Sandy, for for being my my uh, guest. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day.
You too. Bye-bye. You know, um, in closing, I would like to thank my guest, Sandy Roberts, again, for a great interview, great discussions, and you, my listeners, for tuning in. You know, there is a lot of turmoil going on in our world today, and it's unfortunate, as we are a world that is filled with love, humanity, care, and we have great potential to accomplish many fabulous things collectively, collaboratively that promote human beings on a grand scale. We have done so in the past and the present. There are things that need to be addressed immediately for futuristic sake. Here in our wonderful nation, the United States of America, one of the most revered and one of the most powerful nations on earth, we are a a collective of such that I just mentioned and more. However, In the midst of all of the constant negative reporting about items that Sandy and I discussed in this broadcast, not much light is shown on the greatness, the love, the care, the protection, or the humanitarian efforts that this great nation possesses and puts forth on a daily basis for helping the citizens. It's like a power struggle. That is going on in our nation, a negative power struggle. And there is absolutely no need whatsoever for that. As Sandy and I discussed before I ended my conversation with her, it it saddens her and it absolutely saddens me. Because I know we are much more and we are better than this. Here is one thing I want you to remember. President Kennedy who is one of my most admired individuals, stated in part in his 1961 inaugural address to this nation. He said, those who ride the back of the tiger to inappropriately gain power eventually end up inside of the tiger. Should you need a professional mediator to assist you in resolving your disputes, your disagreements, Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. I thank you for listening to me and I'm so filled with gratitude that I have this opportunity, this moment in time that I can share with you, my listening audience, my guest and, and, um, and I, the discussions that we have that are very, very important that are very vital, and I felt that it was also a very poignant discussion. I thank you for listening, and until next time, be kind and considerate to yourself and others. This is Teresa Keeves. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.